Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is Dads Talking with Dads About Dads. We have a fun podcast reunion today. It's been more than a year since these dads sat at the square table together. Their children are a little older. A new baby was born and now is a little girl with her own personality. There's been a lot of life lived since we spoke last, so I can't wait to check in and hear what they're thinking about these days. I'm here at the square table with Ben Rosenberg and Grant Barrows. Peter Berger and Josh Sean from episode number 71 had last-minute schedule conflicts, so we miss their insights and their wisdom, and we'll catch up with them another time. But the last time we spoke, Grant only had one child and deferred to the other dads as more experienced. So, to, so tonight, I want to start with Grant. Welcome. And what have you learned now that you're a father of two? <laughs> what have I learned? I've learned that parenthood definitely has its stresses. Uh, or or it, with just one kid, and there was two of us, and we had a lot of assistance <laughs> from our in-laws and um, siblings and friends, it was almost like, it was almost too easy. It wasn't too easy, but it was almost like, uh, it was like a, kind of like a, a TV version of, <laughs> uh, uh, of a family, it. as opposed to now where it's, uh, they both have their different personalities, they both melt down at different times, and it's uh it's much more juggling and trying to just stay on top of it. More chaos, more yeah. unpredictability, more balls in the air. Wait, what was your quote? What, what did you say before we turned on the mic about having one child? Oh, yeah. Once you have uh, two children, you feel like when you had one child, it was like having no kids. You could still like be the person yeah. you sort of were before yeah. children. You could do everything you want and, uh, you know, if... if 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 you need a moment, you can you know hand your your one child off to the other parent. They can hand off to you, and and that's that's gone. Handoffs are done. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I feel like with one child or at least one child, kind of early on, it's almost like um, just a lot of Hallmark moments. Like everything is just <laughs> works out perfect. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's 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 a struggle to get anything to work out, uh, or it's not anything, but you know you just have. Um, just uh, our son is now three and a half and he's uh, grown a lot and, and gone a lot of uh, emotions a lot more than he had I guess at, when he was about one and a half our daughter's age and he's uh, 
So it's almost like dealing with a, a teenager at this point. Or is it's my, truly yeah. like dealing with a teenager. I mean, that, and we can talk about dad's perspective on these emotional stages. And, and truly, I think, as I remember, um, the terrible twos started 18 months, we say. Yeah. But Judah was a, was a watchful, easy guy. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have the terrible twos at two, they come in even crazier That's at right. three because now yeah. it comes with more cognition, more sass, more attitude. Mm-hmm. And, then, but then, and then you have the 18-month the tantrums, meltdowns, all of that. So, yeah. yeah, you are living in an emotional volcano right now where you pretty much have two three-nagers. Yeah. Right, right. So, well, congratulations on that. Um, but did you, So last time I remembered you feeling a little bit like, I'm doing this dad thing, but I don't own that that dadness. Mm-hmm. Now you own it, or you feel more ready for. Well, I still I still struggle with questions just about what's the best approach. What? How do you? How do you raise a child to be the best person without you know, and give them everything they they want and need, but without them expecting to get everything they want to need and the, and then there's all these micro decisions that you have to make along those lines yeah. but on the same note it's I've, I've had to become more practical as well whereas before I think I was one of my questions that maybe I posed to the panel was uh, about kind of bribing your kids to get some kind of performance yeah. and I thought that's something that you know, shouldn't be necessary at all times and I've kind of relaxed back now on that. Yeah, 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 it's survival. Yeah, it's about survival. It's about getting things done sometimes. Yeah. And right. uh, in the long run, you know, I think if you show them love and you show them uh, uh, the right way to act, they won't always act as if they need some type of reward in order to act that way. Um, each, give them good examples, but also understand that at this age, they just need that. There's... It's just it's just the cost of doing business with a, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and now at this point, a one-and-a-half-year-old. Okay, I'm going to come back to those specific questions of how do you give them what they want and need without them having to assume they will always get that, yeah. um, because I think it's an interesting dad perspective. Um, but I see you nodding, so Ben, I just want to bring you into this <laughs> in terms of what's changed for you over the last year and a half. Where you, how you feel in your identity as a dad? Well, I mean, the biggest thing that happened was that uh, my wife Jen was diagnosed with breast cancer probably right after we had our last podcast. And, uh, you know, even when that happened, I was still kind of in denial over it. I thought, oh, breast cancer, they'll just remove it and we'll yeah, go yeah, on yeah. with our lives. Yeah. And uh, then what I found out was it doesn't work like that. She had to go through a few months of chemo, which really just sidelined her. I mean, there were times, and she had to get surgeries and stuff, which... um, And she lost her hair. And the boys were trying to understand what their mother was feeling, whether their mother was safe, how to be... They were the most nurturing children, and Jen is on the podcast about when moms get sick. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really... and, And, you know, they were at that age, I mean, I think... Elijah was still one at the time, mm-hmm. and Sam was probably, like, just turned three. And, 
you know, they didn't understand it. Like, even after she had a surgery at one point, she came home and they just started, like, jumping on her. (laughs) And we had to move her in with her mom's house, to her mom's house, and she lived there for, like, three weeks until she recovered. Well, and it comes right to Grant's point of what kids need Mm -hmm. is that moment. And sometimes what they're going to take from a moment or a situation... In, in this situation was damaging and hurtful mm-hmm. to Jen. So she, you really had to create different kinds of barrier yeah. boundaries and protection. Yeah. But it's sort of that continuum of how do we really respond to their needs mm-hmm. without them, without it just being this blanket, of course you should have whatever pops into your mind to have. Yeah. And if that means jumping on mommy because you need her and love her so much, yeah. then they lose out on that deep, deep, deep... Yeah. Empathy and respect and an understanding that we'll be with them, I'm sure, for their lifetime. Yeah. I mean, the the kind of the biggest thing that I learned to appreciate was, uh, you know, people who are single working parents, because I kind of got a taste of that, yeah. you know, for a few months there where, I mean, I was just, I was doing everything. And, um, you know, I was working or trying to work and, uh, so just if going back to Grant's point how do you juggle how do you describe that context of you as functioning as a single person parent with also a wife who needs emotional support and physical support and all that to knowing what your children need at every developmental stage and being a how do you decide what kind of parent you need to be and the shortcuts and the compromises and yeah. the price of doing business I mean it was it was hard I mean a lot of it is still such a blur because I didn't sleep much and um you know I tried to just do the best I could I um you know when the kids were around I focused on them as much as I could and uh when uh you know when they went to sleep I, I tried to catch up on my work and personal stuff but it, it was uh it was difficult. I mean, there were days where I got phys- where I got sick. I got. Phys- I mean, I can think of one one particular stretch where I had like a hundred to a hundred three fever, and I didn't have time to go to the doctor, and there was nothing I could do. I couldn't get anybody to like watch the kids. I mean, so for like yeah. days, it was right around the holidays. There was just nothing I could do, and I got. Uh, I, I don't I don't know I I don't even remember how I got Made better I yeah. just <laughs> I just uh, drank water and sweated it out and I cured myself and <laughs> kept going and it was uh, it, you know there were just a lot of things like that and uh, you know it, it it definitely changed me mm-hmm. um, and it was not you know people would say to me oh my god you're so amazing that you were able to do this and in reality I wasn't always able to do it I had a lot of moments where I kind of, you know... Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... I never asked this question of yeah. dads, I don't think. How do dads, each of you in, your, in, your, in the different circumstances and contexts, make, make it through those moments when you're saying, like, I'm not the dad I think I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be, but you know you're growing and learning and, and solving problems. How does it change? Life changes what you know the Hallmark dad and the Hallmark family could be. So yeah. what's that progression for you that went from, no, no, I'm a sick dad. 
with a fever. Or I've got, yeah. you know, I'm going to have, I'm going, I can't do it. I can't. There are the days when every parent, especially moms, I mean, I think that this is mm-hmm. the number one topic mm-hmm. that we talk about with moms is moms just going like, I cannot be the mom I want to be, think I'm supposed to be. And I think that you guys are expressing that with, you know, I thought I could sit back, analyze the situation, come up with really great solutions, and and things would fall into place. So what's that process of... I mean, the process basically is you kind of have to come to terms with, like, not every moment of your life and their life is going to be exactly what you wanted. And, And you just have to say to yourself... All right, if um you know, if I let let them watch TV for an extra 2 hours today because I <laughs> I have to work, I have to get on the phone, I have something else to do and I'm just going to you say to yourself, well, is letting them do this is that going to, you know, are they going to be compromise who they are, the, yeah. the, their fullest potential, yeah. their their you know, their the, all their opportunities yeah. in life, their their compassion, their commitments. I mean, I think you're on to something yeah. really essential about dads in a changing dad world mm-hmm. that's also enormously relevant to moms. Yeah, um, I, I would say kind of the same thing. It's maybe it, it, it's maintaining some flexibility in um, what your expectations are of yourself and, and of your kids. Uh, I'm, I can be a little bit high strung, but uh, so it's... And, and I never really thought about this um, until, I guess, I got into a situation where, uh, into this kind of situation where it's more just about me or more than just about me and my, my wife. It's uh, that idea of taking a step back and saying, you know, what, um, like, maybe not shoot off the rails about something or either at yourself or at someone else or, and just, just kind of flow with it. And, um, and then just maintaining kind of like a central idea of values that are important and try to just use that as a guide as a as a guiding line to go down the street and then you know you're going to swerve to the left a little bit you're going to swerve to the right but try to try to get back onto that line um a little bit and that's how uh you know and, and there's a lot of things that we're missing all the time as parents but um it's important to our to holly and i that our kids um uh, be nice and considerate to other people mm-hmm. to try hard to be and to, to, to show an interest and be, be curious about the world. And that's something we always try to still bring out of them. Um, even when they're, uh, you know, tantrums and meltdowns aside and, and too much TV aside and things mm-hmm. like that, we, we still try to get them to, to stay on course or, or remind them of that, give them activities that could be like that. Or just say to them, right. you know, my son, J- Judah, for a while, he he wants to be, for a long time, he wanted to be a daddy when he grow, grows up. Now it's become an astronaut daddy. So, <laughs> That's so, impressive. Yeah, that- I, I'm a big, big fan of that. Yeah. And so I told him to be an astronaut daddy. You've got to, you've got to um, be really smart. And that means uh, go to school and try very hard. You've got to get along with other people because you're living, you're going to be in a spaceship with other people. And um, you have to... Um, there was something else, but whatever it was, we, we, we went into that and, and I tried to do that with him with Willow. It's just right now, it's just all about trying to play with her and, and try to keeping her, um, uh, feeling the love. So, 
it, it, that worked really well with with Judah. The only thing with Willow is she's a little bit more high strung, not high strung. Yeah, I want to talk, I want to talk about that. I, I, I've got the guiding values here that I want yeah. to come back to, and I think what you just described is perfection. You know, tell me, start. What do your children need when you respond to what they put out there in the world, astronaut daddy, and then you fill it out, stretch it out, make it meaningful, make it real. I, to me, that is the ultimate secret of parenting. Uh, I have a lot to say about responding to needs and wants because I think that's really, really essential. But I, but I love, but I want to go back to high strung because Ben and I were talking before about, you know, when you that there's a sense where dads used to be able to just be like, I'm not all that emotionally engaged. You know, moms used to say I carry the emotional burden, but now you're experiencing an emotional side of being a dad, you know, emotional reactivity, which all parents feel. And then you have to sit back and go, all right, I'm going to pause. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to evaluate. And then you have a daughter that's 18 months new into these emotions who has big personality. Um, How do dads and emotions work together? I mean, what do dads bring to both that self-awareness of emotions, the working with other people part of emotions. I think that culturally, dads and moms bring different experiences and different perspectives. And so I think you have something really interesting to share to those high-strung moments, whether it's just kids falling off the rails or whether it's temperament. Well, so so I'm, I'm a little bit more maybe reactive than my wife, like, or ju- judgmental or, you know, I... I Here's something, and I'll get into an argument or get emotional about it. But when you, now that we have kids doing that, you kind of, you have to Mirror. catch yourself. You want to catch yourself, and you see, you know, that is that how I'm acting? And you don't want to reinforce that too much. I mean, of course, they're kids, so they're going to act like that. So it's I've taken on a different role where they'll they'll um, go through these kind of like emotional bouts, uh, and I try. I try. You have to be kind of like a little bit more stoic, and say no. This isn't how it's going to be, or this isn't what we're doing. Yes, you know, so occasionally give in, but you. Can, I I find that um, unlike maybe the way some uh, people were raised, in, and I was raised from time to time, so yelling at your kids, it doesn't get that. I, I, it doesn't really work that much, and sometimes uh, it's better just to be still, and eventually they'll get the message. Um, no doubt. No doubt. Calm teaches calm, number one. And no child ever calmed down because we said, calm down. Right, So, right. Um, you know, it, yeah. but, but it's that. But us, I, I think dads, dads are usually solution guys. Dads are usually, let's analyze the situation, stereotypically speaking. Um, there are all those cultural norms that we have. And I think that that you are now part of this emotional life of your children and your families is profound and big, both I think for you as parents, growing and partnering with moms, and then and then in terms of what you teach your children. Um, but but I'll tell you what I I wouldn't be able to do it nearly as hands on or day to day as Holly. This is it's easier for me because I get to be with the kids and I love it and I, I take every I, I love every minute of it. But then also I don't have to be there for all the very hard times and I've experienced a few hard times where. 
uh, not nothing where my wife has had cancer, but yeah. <laughs> uh, just where, where my wife has gone away for a weekend or for a few days and you're dealing with everything and I've called in for backup. I've, <laughs> I've, been, right. I've been way outgunned before. I've had yeah. a kid pooping on top of a, a playground, a, 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 a jungle gym, and while the other kid was like essentially snorting snot out of her nose, and I couldn't get him to come down from that, he just left his shorts and his shoes up on the top of the jungle gym, and it was like too small for an adult to get in there, so I'm just screaming. And the place where I had a calypso band going, so nobody could hear me over the calypso music. Just shouting at them. That's a priceless moment. Yeah. There's a, there, you and then, know and then all the parents were like, I, I'm sh- I, I guess they weren't, but I, you have that feeling like you're sure they're judging you. Like, who's letting their kid like go up there and poop all over the top of this jungle gym? It was at Young at Art, if anyone's familiar with that. Yes. So I tried to smuggle them out without <laughs> anyone seeing it dripping down his legs. So I wasn't sure they, could, they knew exactly what happened. And I ran out like with him like a football, and I ran to the left. And that was the one place that that was a dead end there. So I had to like figure out where to go. And I went to the right, and I had my, my mom was actually oh, there. So <laughs> she got, of course, my daughter didn't want to go to my mom at that time, but I just forced her to go there. I took my son to the bathroom. I told my mom, "Let's leave all that stuff up at the in the jungle gym and let's roll." <laughs> and my mom's is like, you know, she's Dutch. And she doesn't um, she doesn't give up on anything. There was a good pair of shoes and shorts, according to her, up in that jungle gym. And she was gonna wait for it to come down. We had to stand there. <laughs> After that, I called Holly. I was like, uh, "You need to." Get home. Try try to get home as soon as possible. I mean that that's a priceless story. <laughs> right. I'm glad we have it recorded. And it's like you know you're a dad when yeah, you know? and it's true that, well, that you, you know you're a dad when you almost divorce your kids. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, 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 perfect. But as Ben said, you hit those I'm gonna divorce my kids moment, yeah. and you still make it through, and yeah. you still tuck them in, and you're there the next morning. And it's that's that is the ultimate, I think, is but but you made that comment about being worried that you're getting judged, and i I've been in that situation too, but on the other hand, like i I'm, when I see that going on with someone else, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm actually happy because that <laughs> stuff happens to me. Yeah. So, like, sometimes, like, yeah. a, a kid will be, like, really acting up and having a meltdown. And, like, the parent will be looking. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, it's fine. It's fine. But in my head, I'm like, well, it's, it's more than just fine. I've been fine. validated. Like, I'm happy that this is happening because... You know, Always I, right I, with I, the yeah, world. I think it's, you know, I think it's just my kids that, that act like that. And, uh you know, I, I, it, it's a good thing. You know, when when the baby's crying on the, the airplane, that's yeah. not my kid. I'm happy that that kid. That <laughs> but kid a is poop crying. explosion is the, <laughs> whether it's on an airplane or yeah. whether it's on the top of the jungle gym. That is, that is monumental. Ooh. Yeah, so, I mean, I've had. I'm, you, I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I was recently thrown up on, you know, and it's just. You know, it's the set. I've been thrown up on by both kids, and you know, not yeah. just baby. Like they're actual kids now, and it's you know, you uh, 
you kind of get to this point where I mean, I'm, the thought of that would have been just so horrible before, yeah. and now like, <laughs> I, it probably took me hours to like change my clothes after it happened because I just had things to do and I was just walking around with like barf stains okay, on. Okay, we we have to put you on a self care podcast yeah. of all the yeah. dads who's not who's not taking care of his fever. He's oh, too yeah, busy no, to take care of the changing clothes. I don't do okay, that. Okay, now we're worried for you, Ben. It's just what it's. I got to do whatever like is the most important thing, and if you know the disgusting shirt doesn't yeah, always yeah. crack the top 10 so, so I just <laughs> let me th- then let's just go one more time to juggling the everyday the mundane and the guiding values and and so we know you started this philosophically and wanting the best information how how do you how do you walk that balance between just giving up completely on the I, I'm too tired I can't I can't even keep them in clean clothes kind yeah. of moment to I can sneak in what I need to what matters to me to be the dad I want to be for them I mean well for me when like things really got crazy I had to start to make decisions like what do I cut out and I basically you know there there are a lot of things you can cut out like I basically I was a, always a big baseball and football fan that was it. I haven't watched a game in, you know, almost two years. Two years. And, uh, you know, I had to figure out how to, everything was, what hours can I get back? And, uh, you know, mo- mostly TV stuff was gone. Any Anything that was kind of for me and things that I enjoyed, <laughs> those are kind of went away. And uh, I just, you know, focused on kind of the more important things. And uh, But, you know, I'd always try to find... Um, find time to just spend with the kids and have, you know, a conversation with them, whether or not that was just in the car on the way to school. And, you know, like, uh, you know, your your son, um, my oldest, is really into space, and, and he talks about the planets all the time, and he asks a lot of questions. So I would talk to him about that. But then he starts asking me these questions I don't know the answer to about, like, you know, the history of the, the universe and, you know, was the moon here before... Earth and I mean, I, three year olds. Yeah, I just all these the best things. questions in the and world. And I'm just sitting there. I got. I have. You know. I, I don't know. Thank. Thank God for Google. I have this uh, thing in my uh, house. I just say, Hey Google, and I ask a question. Like you know. Wow. Well, we, one mom said <laughs> her son is learning to phrase the questions in really the right ways to get the answers he wants yeah. from Alexa. So. Yeah. I mean, it really, I think it matters to say, how will we find that out? And yeah. and there's no question that whether it's the fill in the pieces, like, oh, how will you live in a spaceship for a long period <laughs> yeah. of time? I mean, that was so clear, vivid and real. But it's also the way to connect the dots to skills and strategies, mm-hmm. imagination, problem solving. And those are the things I think that matter more. I mean, what the research is clear on is your children's problem-solving ability, which to me is innovation, collaboration, and everything else that you're going to want for them in when they are grown-ups in 2040 in a world we don't recognize. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that it's by, have, by you being problem-solving dads and problem-solving conversationalists is what matters. And there was one woman who said, you know, you're going to change 6,000 diapers. Now, you're past diapering, but if you just look at potty time, bedtimes, meal times, yeah. those caregiving hours, those car ride hours, if you're only present for some of that, 
you're going to make a significant difference because you're engaging them exactly where they are and you also want them to be able to express what they're thinking of what they need and 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 i so let me go let's finish with the guiding values and then i want to talk about what you think your children need now at the stages they're at and how that's going to lead to having their needs met to be the best people they can be guiding values and the everyday yeah um as far as everyday i i find that i guess i i've become much more uh home-centric and uh i just i just really enjoy spending time with my family and i've cut out things that would I would otherwise maybe do more, I mean, things which are good for you, like the gym, and maybe not so good for you, like golf. Though golf is, is good for you in a way. Um, but things that just t- eat up a lot of time, I'd much rather just spend the time with them. I can You can almost see, at, at the age of my kids, you can almost see the difference that you can make that way. And they still enjoy spending time with me. I've got plenty of friends with older kids who say that, you know, they, t- they tell their, their parents to scram. So I figure I might as well get the most out of this. And, and like I said, you can really see that you can almost see the, 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 the wheels turning in their head. And you're kind of like feel like you're really molding this kid into something that you think is really special. Obviously, I think they're special, but something that um, I think is more than some of their parts. And, and it's by giving them those good ideas, those good values, like being creative with them, being inquisitive inquisitive with them, trying to problem solve with them and, uh, and seeing how they the, can develop if it's, that. If it's any reassurance to you, and, and I'm ta- I mean, I know there's early childhood practices, but it's true, early childhood means till eight. So this is a big period of time and what matters most is relationships. And so when they're with that person who's, whose eyes light up when they walk into the room, that person that actually like hears their question and wants to understand what it might mean to them and what they're thinking about and how they're experiencing the day and what their conflicts are, when you make that connection, you are just, then you're, I mean, even in terms of brain development, because once you have trust and relationships, then that fight or flight part of the brain is like, whoa, I've got trust. I've got somebody that cares about me. And the whole frontal cortex just goes wham and, and everything just blows up with excitement and joy. And those are the solid foundations. I mean, we just posted something on Facebook this week that had a cracked foundation, you know, where kids who aren't playing and having these relationships, mm-hmm. they might even be having ABCs and one, two, threes and some and the appearance of skills, but the skills are shallow and they won't be there and sustain them through um, cross association and problem solving and all the different yeah. contexts that real learning needs. So it matters, it matters, it matters. And as the educator, I, I mean, sometimes I'm puzzled by what parents worry about and fear for their children's well being because I think you got this so well. Um, so, really, truly, the research supports that relationship. And you know in your yeah. own lives, whether it was a parent, a grandparent, a special mentor, that person that would just seek you out and listen to you mm-hmm. makes a, an enormous difference. And then when you bring a little wisdom 
you know, and humor and, <laughs> and all that other, you know, and the football hole to carry them quickly. It's all, yeah. it's all good. Um, it's very difficult, though, because we live in, like, this world of instant gratification now. Okay. So, you know, it's, there's, I mean, I struggle with, you know, even like our, our DVR and Amazon and all that stuff. They go, oh, I want to watch that. And I'm trying to get it on and I'm not doing it fast enough and I have to pull out the well when I was your age (laughs) we had to wait until Sunday morning at 8am and if we weren't awake we didn't see what we wanted to watch for a whole week and you know and they don't so I worry that they they don't quite understand that and even like a a, a kid a, a neighbor who's a little bit older uh, she's probably like eight, seven or eight years old. She comes to me and she goes, "Hey, look at the, look what I found! It's an old-fashioned phone." And this was like a cell phone that I had like six years ago. And I'm like, "Old-fashioned, let me, you know? Let me show you. Yeah, an I'll show you an old-fashioned phone. phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's <laughs> flip phone. <laughs> Wait, I've got the dial yeah. ones. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Um, so let's go to waiting and what, let, let's uh, let's go to how how you help meet their needs without feeding into the panic, the fear, the instant gratification. And I, and I think my favorite thing, and I, I, I don't know if I said it on the last podcast, but it's, it's one of my universals that I learned from Stephanie Englander, a favorite educator. And there's a song called, I'm Hungry, I Need a Band-Aid. And, and I can send you the link, and I think, okay. I, it, but it, but I wrote an article about, you know, how do you help children know what they need? Because they don't know what they need. I've heard, I've heard, I have a boo-boo, I need a candy. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, but you start to play with what kinds of things will help fix that. And then you start creating that awareness. And the same thing with how do you fill one another's bucket, you know, that wonderful book, that what do you need? What do you need to make you feel good? What do you need to make you feel happy? What do you need to eat that makes you feel full? What do you eat that makes you feel cranky? You know, you there's so much of connecting dots to help me create self-awareness. So when we have snack or lunch, we say, is your tummy hungry? You know, that's just, that. even just reading physical cues. Oh, before the meltdowns, are you getting frustrated? You know, starting to help them with that self-awareness. So now, like, now let's figure out what you need to make that better. So you need candy. Okay, you know, if you have the time and the energy and the stamina, then you can bring the candy over and rub it on the boo-boo <laughs> and say, did that help? <laughs> okay, I think we're going to fix the, the scar first, the blood first, you know. Mm-hmm. The, it's, but you can, children and their imagination gives you a ton more power than you think you have because what I think we often do with what do they need is we come with our adult analysis. You know, how do I, you know, if I was saying that, what I, what would I mean? And the bottom line is, you know, they don't need $20 gifts, $50 gifts for birthday parties. They might just need six seashells that they handpicked somewhere. You know, it's, how do you shift that? <laughs> if it were up to me, they would get the six seashells and not the uh, so $50 The way I always think of how you make changes and create um, the situation. First, you have to manage the moment. And the manage the moment is get yourself through it. Um, if you have to say no and there's frustration and there's a meltdown, that's going to be one thing. Sometimes it's just cease and desist. Sometimes it's, you know, how do I get us through this? Maybe maybe I have the time for, for humor. Maybe I've had a bad day and I don't have the time for humor. 
so you've you've got that, but then you've got the how if I'm having the same struggle every day in the same context, now I have an opportunity for teaching, for learning, for changing. So then you have to say, look, you know what? This doesn't work. Bed bath time isn't working because we're all tired and hungry and frustrated and we have to do it differently. Then you can also start getting them involved in the problem solving. How can I what what how can you make it better? How can I make it better for you? And then start cultivating those experiences. And we know from research, voice and choice, if kids feel like they're contributing, their cortisol levels are way higher. They're feeling successful. They're feeling engaged. So you get to play tricks that say, I'm going to give you power, voice, and choice, but only enough for your age and stage. But they're not going to ask for too much more because if they ask for too much more, they feel insecure and vulnerable and out of control. So we often have to just sort of, that's where the boundaries and the protection comes in. Well, you know what? Here are your parameters. Good luck with that. You can make any choice within those parameters. Um, Oh, we, with judo, we get, it's almost like, it's almost like he has to put up a fight. Like, he has to report into school, and he has to check a box for how many times. He's like, yep, I said no 15 times today. Like, he's checking with the other kids. So it's not even a fight sometimes. It's just a, It's just like I'll, I have to give him a hard time, and then I'll acquiesce. And it's managing that moment because you're getting – we get that a lot, but you can – in that moment, if you handle it the wrong way, it turns into a meltdown. Whereas if he – sometimes it – just resolves itself and then the next right. minute you know you've come to a resolution where he's taking the bath and he's getting his hair washed which is something that he has a panic attack about uh but sometimes it'll be a complete meltdown where he'll start trying to run outside and 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 i what happens is it just happened today where you kind of like you know that that moment's coming it's like a fork in the road and you you have to make a choice and i think sometimes you think you're handling it right but they can almost sense they that do. you're not being they do. sincere, yeah, yeah. and that's what and that's what at least that's what set him off this morning. And all of a sudden, it was this whole thing about putting on your pants and getting dressed. And yeah. he was trying to. He said, "No, I'm going to play outside with the kinetic sand." And all that kinetic sand. Yeah, that kinetic <laughs> sand. And so, and so, you say, you know, you get kinetic sand every day. Yeah. You know, but it's at this time of day. You know, I promise you, you could have it every day, and we're going to check it off the calendar so you know you had it today. You Because, because again, little kids, yeah, they need concrete thinking. Yeah. So they need to be able to see it's coming, it's here, and I will hold it for you. He has like a little to-do, she has a little to-do list, both for uh, waking up and bedtime. And he always says, oh, let's do the stuff on the list. But he normally brings it up right when he's supposed to be going to bed. Like he said, "Oh yeah, I forgot we we didn't clean my room yet." It's but at least but he does like referring to that list, and I think we have to get better at being the first ones to refer to That's it and right. say, "Let's let's check it check these boxes." Okay, so two things I'm hearing, and these are really really hard. I think because first of all, yes, you have to hold the structure and the routine for them to have huge executive function and manage those moments yeah. but you create the opportunities for them to be successful right it's they aren't they aren't on autopilot we want they tell you they want to be on autopilot they promise you they can be on autopilot they're halfway there and then the second thing is the expectations it's that because you you i think when you were describing before the you think he's got it but he's going to keep testing 
And it's like, why is he testing when he knows that this is the response and then we get through it and then it's all better? Why don't we just right. get to the better? Right. It's so it's irrational. Right. It's so kid logic. You know, they, they are logical in the sense of they are playing chess with you. Yes, when he thinks of, when he remembers the chart, which he loves and gives him a sense of control, he's also thinking, oh, and now I can stall bedtime with this other thing. Yeah, he's putting the pieces together. But it came from a it came from him wanting control and 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 responsibility and pride in himself and all this good stuff. But now I'm going to exploit that for something oh, yeah. for for a, a different end. So he, so then it's that question of why are they so irrational? Mm -hmm. And and. And what I just want to say is, I mean, they are irrational because that's how they become people. When they find out, if I push and I test, they must test. They must find out if you mean what you say and say what you mean. They have to find out. And, and the research is also clear on this, and it's so weird. Right brains read right brains. He reads your emotions. Your children are reading your emotions before you even know what you're thinking or feeling. You're feeling like, I got this, I'm in control. And then you realize, uh-uh, I was faking it. I was distracted. I was thinking of the golf. I was thinking of the, the sports scores. I was thinking of, I want to I wanna divorce my kids. And then, and then they're like, and then they just, they, whether it's a smell, but it's right brains, rewrite brains. And I will tell you, there is something so powerful now, I've done this for decades, and I've done transition here at B'nai Torah for 16 years. And I learned something this semester that is so shocking, and that is when we start transition class, where the parents are going to be leaving the class, I, I start that class the first two weeks with a different kind of expectations. Parents are going to be leaving. This is about the kids having more responsibility, more autonomy. I need them to interact with me, and I coach the parents on, here's what's changing takes the parents at least two weeks and they're usually still confused. Am I supposed to be doing this or am I supposed to be doing this? Do I do, I do it? The, they are so confused because it's all intellectual for them. Kids, we see a behavior change day one, day two because they just read me in my head, not even articulating a change in expectations on them to step up into more responsibility, more pride, more individual interaction with us. And that the power of that possibility that they are reading your emotions in your mind in some yeah. way is, beyond, is, I'm gonna tell you, you, have, you do have um, power that you, don't even, that you don't even know yet. So. Yeah, Willow is a different person from when Holly does separation at B'nai Israel. Different person when she's in the room and when she leaves the room. All of a sudden, she's like, she's in, she's, when Holly's in the room, she reverts into much more like, uh, almost like a baby stage. Whereas when Holly leaves the room, all of a sudden, then she's more independent. She's doing things on her own. Yeah. She's just having a nice. She's excited for the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, there are two ways that that could go because you never really know. One is, I'm ready for this. I'm embracing the change, the opportunity, the responsibility. And it's it it I'm I'm really stepping up my game, and so then I need extra comfort, and I need to <laughs> collapse when mom or dad is mm -hmm. nearby, or um, that there is just um, mom or dad are here, and so I'm going to exploit or um, I, I never take like the word of. take advantage of. Yeah, I don't like the word regress because emotions are emotions. Right. It's that's all good, but it's just like hmm, maybe maybe I can it's. 
it's, this, it's is, like this is how I'm supposed to be when I'm with my mom and dad. I it's guess. like trying on oh. different feelings. It's yeah. like they get to try on different ways of being in the world. Uh, I have so much I want to ask you about. <laughs> yeah. um, I, but we're out of time. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm going to just end with what's important to you um, as dads being who you are and how has that how are you growing into a different a new way of being a dad i mean we've talked about this many many times you know just in a sense of of all the mentors and 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 your own fathers and your father-in-laws and you just see these role models around you you guys are doing it differently you're bringing in emotions you're bringing in um wisdom and insight and and a whole different game to this i mean i just want to uh you know, I want to raise children that are, you know, good citizens. And, uh, you know, it's very important to me that they don't, you know, that they understand, you know, being kind and, uh, you know, caring for the environment. And uh, and so you're taking them to political events. You 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 and Jen are active in your local community. Yeah, yeah well, we... We try. I mean, we took them to see when Bill Nelson was still senator. We took him to uh, our kids to an event, and um, they started screaming in the middle of the speech. So I had to take them out of the room, and I didn't. But, but, uh, I, I'm going to go long. I, okay. Now you you got very involved with gun advocacy yeah. after Parkland, yeah. and 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 Marjorie Stoneman Douglas because you live in Parkland, yeah. um, and met. But how did you? Ex- how do you help your children? manage this very complicated world what do you what do you tell them well as far as that that event they don't know about it i mean i you know so they don't know when you're going to the rallies that they don't know exactly what it's about you know i tell them that you know i'm trying to do things that i think will you know make Make the the world world safer yeah yeah i mean the thing that really got to me was um fred guttenberg who lost his child um I was at at some an event with him, and he said that if he knew what was going to happen to him, you know, happen to his daughter, that he would have been an advocate for, you know, for many years. So that kind of, you know, in a sense, I I feel get involved. Yeah, get involved now. I feel responsibility, and uh, I owe it to my kids. I owe it to you know Fred Guttenberg and the others who who went through this. So. I explained to them that, you know, I'm just trying to do things that I think are right. And, you know, I've explained that there are certain, you know, that there are bad people out there, you know, people who don't do the right thing. And, uh, and uh, you know, so, so that's, I'm trying to set an example for them as well. I mean, my father always set examples. And um, I have a lot of memories of being very young, even three, four, five years old of my father just kind of being a a good human being, you know, so that always kind of... And so going back to to Grant's question, like how do you know how to raise great kids? If you look at how how you became the men you are, you you felt that inspiration and that that connection. saw it in your dad there was no question yeah. he didn't I mean he lived it he yeah. didn't t- just teach it 
Yeah, he was always a, a, a good guy, and he was mm-hmm. always there. And he always, I have a lot of memories of him putting me to bed at night and, you know, telling me stories and spending time with me. So I try to do the same stuff, because obviously if I have those memories from when I was a kid, then it, it meant something. So, yeah, so, so you know, that's what I, I've been uh, trying to do. But, you know, there is a kind of a, a generational difference. I mean, even, you know, re, I remember Jen telling me, Oh, uh, Elijah needs his diaper changed. And uh, we were in a restaurant. We were at 2J's, I think. And so she goes, can you change the diaper? And I was doing that. And I remember this woman, this older woman, she was like in her 80s or maybe even her 90s. And she she says, the husband changing the diaper goes what is going on with this world like, <laughs> as if it's yeah. a bad thing yeah. right <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know i'm just trying to changing the world one diaper yeah, at a time i'm trying to adjust to the generational change as well as you know the things that my parents did for me that i think made a difference and uh i think all you can do is just kind of just really just do your best and and have the conversations with them and yeah sometimes you're gonna sometimes you're gonna have to be lazy you're you're gonna have to put them in front of the tv you're gonna they're gonna ask you so many questions that you're just gonna say I don't, no I more don't questions know. today you've used I, up your quota yeah. you're allowed to you're know. allowed you to know, and sometimes i'm gonna have to use tricks that might not be uh some parents might judge you for i mean even like yesterday I couldn't get my kids to just pee before bedtime. <laughs> and I just said, I, uh, there was nothing I could do. And I, I finally I said, I said, guys, the pee bear is here. And he's going to eat the kids that have gone to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, like, am I, like, scarring my kids? Like, the pee bear is coming. But they just ran to the bathroom. They went to the bathroom. and But they kind of, they were kind of more curious about the bear. They were like... So the bear's not coming, huh? And, and, you know, even they were, like, a little disappointed. I wanted to see the bear, you know? Is the bear going to come again? You know, it was just whole thing. So, you know, but I find myself doing kind of things like that that might not be, like, the greatest thing, but... Hey, hey you didn't have to change wet beds. Right. They were curious. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to say, what do you think the, the, the pea bear looks like? Draw a picture. Yeah. Well, that's the you thing know? is now from now on, like You've for, got a for bear. months, they will yeah, be yeah. asking about the pea bear. That's right. So. That, that's, that's your torture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grant, how yeah. a dad are you? Well, you know, I, I think when I, when I look back, when I'm introspective, I don't really feel, I still feel like the same person I was five years ago, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. So not really this person, not, not, not always, you don't always feel like a full adult or you don't always feel like the parent of two kids, but that's how, but even if you don't feel like that, that's how your kids are looking at you. Uh, and they think of you as that person from when you were that age, <clears throat> looking at, looking at other uh, full grown adults and who that you respected and, and loved and, and, uh, felt some type of, uh, you know, uh, uh, kinship and uh, to or the wanting, wanting to follow so I I try to act <clears throat> I try to take that into consideration and try to act kind of like a leader to to show how how I act uh, how I'd like them to act and sometimes we can be goofy we're goofy a lot uh, and sometimes we can do stuff that uh, like just be lazy and sometimes we go on bike rides for a long time and or sometimes we just go play in in the, in the field or in the backyard or 
or go swimming and it's just it's just being there and being that one that that, that the kids kind of look up to uh, and say wow that's that's who I envision as being you know who I want to be when I grow up kind of thing it makes you feel really good and, and if you keep that in mind or at least I keep that in mind then I feel like that's the that's the approach I've taken that's perfect and I know that your children are all looking up to you in magnificent ways so thanks for sharing your experiences with us of course. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.